We're doing something a little different today, talking about something a little unusual. Well, it's sort of different, but also very much the same. Because as we say all the time, we are not a restaurant review podcast. We do stories centered around what's on the table. Stories with flavor about taste. But what if nothing had flavor? What if you couldn't taste anything? That's the case for millions of people who've been diagnosed with COVID-19. For some people, it's a mild thing. Maybe it's similar to getting a severe cold. It goes away with the rest of their symptoms. For others, though, it's like a combination of losing taste or smell and those senses being totally disrupted. Talking about things that smelled bad before, don't, or things you once enjoyed the taste of are now repulsive. How can you eat? How can you cook for your family? And perhaps most importantly, how can you fix it? Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, a tasteless episode about one of the most confusing, inconsistent consequences of this pandemic and what it means for people who eat food. I think I've gotten to the point where I don't even know what's normal anymore. We'll introduce you to a woman who's been dealing with it for more than half a year. And so we're seeing smell loss as a very common uh, symptom for this. And the local researchers were trying to find a way to bring smell and taste back to patients around the country. We've been researching smell for about eight years now, so well before COVID. Um, but certainly with COVID, the, um, the urgency of the research findings, the volume has really taken off. Then of course, your Independence Day weekend planner and food news. We've known for a while now that a loss of taste and smell are among the most obvious signs of a COVID-19 infection. But when you pair that with pneumonia, difficulty breathing, possibly going on a ventilator, the whole taste and smell thing seems like symptoms that just aren't so bad in comparison. Hi, this is Leah. Hey, Leah, this is Abby Larico. Now still a good Hi. time? Yeah. But COVID is unpredictable. It's hard to tell who's going to get sickest or get certain symptoms side effects, have long-lasting complications. And it's easy to feel like this whole thing is over. Yes, that the pandemic is behind us, that COVID's done. But for one member of this podcast, Extended Family, producer Dory's sister-in-law, Leah Kern, well, she still feels its impacts every day, with every bite. Here's our conversation. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, like, I, it was actually literally election day after I voted, um, noticed like a tickle in my throat and just really didn't think anything of it. And then just throughout the week, just kind of felt like I had a sinus infection. My head was just heavy and pounding or whatever. Come Monday, the following week, I was like, you know, I probably shouldn't go into work. I should probably just get tested for the heck of it, but I'm pretty sure it's a sinus infection. And sure enough, it wasn't. Um, and I didn't really even notice my taste was gone or my smell until that like Tuesday. So like a week after I was even experienced any kind of little symptom. Hmm. So and then from there, it just never came back. <laughs> so when you say never came back, I mean, I- I'm having a hard time even like understanding what that means. So like what, it, right. what happens when you put something in your, I mean, that's a weird question, but like what yeah. happens no. when, you, when, no. you're, when you're eating or when you are, there's a, somebody's burning a candle in the room or what, what is that yeah. experience like? So the very first time that you even tried to see if I didn't have taste, my husband was giving me like garlic, like just straight garlic powder. And I was like, yeah, no, just can't taste it at all. And like, I never understood it until it actually happened to me. I'm like, yeah, you just literally cannot taste a thing. Um, As I recovered, I started to get a taste back, but it's not anything like it was. Like if 
trying to think of a good example. I mean, really everything just tastes off. It's not the right taste. So chocolate is not right. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe what it tastes like. Um, I know a lot of people, I've read so much on it, and I know like people say like gasoline, for example, a smell will smell like chocolate. For me, it hasn't been like that. Um, I can't smell anything bad, anything rotten. Um, Not to be gross, but like, I can't smell like poop when my daughter, I have to change her diaper. I can't smell that. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. It's very strange. Um, Things smell the same. So like I could um, smell like the dog food, for example, it smells weird and off, but like then I could have actual food of my own and it smells like the same. Oh, so that's, that's kind of really disturbing. weird. <clears throat> it is weird, but it's been seven months. So I've just kind of, I just block it out of my head and continue on because I love food so much. So like <laughs> to not have my taste is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to talk, we'll talk more about the food, obviously, yeah. but like the smell, I know mm-hmm. it seems to be the case that wouldn't it be great if you couldn't smell bad smells? But no. being a mom, being a human being, I mean, there's smell is a it smell is we're supposed to be able to smell for warnings of yes. natural gas or rotten yes. food or poop. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah, like I can't smell um like milk was rotting. Like I know I, this week I just poured out some milk. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't look right. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't smell it. So I just dump it. I don't even chance anything. Um, I can smell like when I have a gas stove. So when I turn on the gas stove um, or like start the oven up because it's a gas oven, if something's like in there, it kind of burns. I can smell it something. I'm like, that's not right. But I couldn't tell you that was gas. I just know because I turned it on kind of thing. Wow. That's so strange. How about good smells? Good smells. Um, so I can't smell like they're not the same. And I was a big candle lover and fragrance person. Huge. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's not pleasant anymore. Um, I just bought my husband cologne for father's day and, I mean, that was a hard one because I can't smell it. So I just went off of like, you know, the notes on what they say, the fragrance notes. And um, I was like, I hope you like it. And when he sprays it, I just want to gag. I'm just like, oh, it's just so potent to me. You said you love food. Um, What was the, was there a time or something you tried that you were like really, really hoping you'd be able to taste and it just didn't taste right oh again so i love food so i'm really not picky i love everything um ranch though is like a huge part of my life and <laughs> I, I it's it almost like chemically tasting and i guess that's the best way i can describe the taste because i really don't know what it is um but it's not enjoyable but i still eat it because i'm like i'm thinking like oh this is gonna be good i'm just gonna mentally mentally tell myself it's gonna be good and i think one thing that's kind of saved me is i'm a big texture person so that's gotten me through a lot i think of okay i can eat this because i remember it yeah yeah what do you tell me more about that because i feel like that's kind of all you really have to go on then yeah it is um so like for example girl scout cookies i love the um the coconut smoas um and that, you know, it's like chewy with the caramel and everything. And I mean, it's got chocolate in it, so it tastes odd. And a lot, honestly, some sweet things taste even sweeter to the point where I can't eat them, which is very strange to me. Why? Um, but because of the texture and just like trying to remember what it does taste like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to 
pound these cookies. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to try to enjoy it the best I can. Do you ever eat something in hopes that it will start tasting the same or almost like giving yourself taste therapy and trying to reintroduce it? Yeah, yeah. I think I've gotten to the point where I don't even know what's normal anymore. Um, people ask me all the time, like, can you taste again? You really still can't taste. I'm like, well, at this point, I'm not sure anymore. Like my coffee tastes the same to me. And I have gotten so used to it that like, this might be my new normal, like Mm. just used to it by now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I've tried to do a lot of research myself and I'm still intrigued by it all. (laughs) And I can't explain some days will be like, Oh, things taste decent. And like, for example, yesterday, everything tasted absolutely awful. So I kind of go in waves, too, of how strong the taste is. A lot of us, I mean, who've never experienced this and, you know, honestly, frankly, like if it pre, pre-COVID, if we're talking about this not being uh-huh. something that we've even – because how many times do you even think about the idea of losing your taste or smell? You know, you just don't think about never. it. Um, but there's – this idea that, hey, that means I would just do nothing but just eat healthy and I would just eat super healthy all the time. Uh, Has it changed the way you eat at all? Um, No, because uh, in the beginning, I would say I was like, oh, you know, like fruits actually taste fine. So like uh, maybe I'm going to be healthier. But then, like I said, sweet stuff started to get sweeter tasting and I can't I can't even eat a strawberry without being like, oh, I just don't want to put myself through that. Yeah, yeah so um, like just because so, it's healthy doesn't mean it tastes good either. Correct. And I thought that in the beginning, I was like, maybe it's because it's processed foods that are like, you know, that are tasting weird. But eventually it changed again. So um, it's literally a learning curve still to this day. <laughs> what I can and can't eat. And I'm just willing to try anything. Like I'll take a break from some things like I've taken a break from mayonnaise on like sandwiches or in potato salads. And I've come back to it. I'm like, okay, this isn't as bad as I remember when I first tried it. Like the first time I tried it, I wanted to throw up because it was so bad. But now I'm like, okay, I can handle it. It's good. Do you cook? I do. And it's definitely taken my joy out of cooking. <laughs> and how do, you, how, how do you go about it now? I just go off of memory of what I think will be good. And things are more bland for me. Like I... I don't really put many flavors on my like chicken, for example, or marinades. I don't really want to even try because I just don't want to ruin it for myself. But that was earlier on. Now I'm kind of past that point. I'm just like, we're going to try everything and anything. And like, I still have to cook for, you know, my daughter and my husband. And I don't want them to have bland food all the time. So I just deal with it. (laughs) She wants to see a specialist soon. She only hasn't yet because she was giving it time. She hoped she'd be one of those people who got her senses back after around six months or after becoming fully vaccinated. She wasn't. Just because she's learned to live with it, though, doesn't mean she doesn't want it fixed. There are moments where I'm just like, man, this is depressing, like, to not be able to smell or taste. Because, like, again, I love candles. So, like, in the holidays and stuff, like, burning candles, like, I can't, I mean, I can, but, like, it's not going to be enjoyable. Um, Yeah, it gets depressing at times, but... Um, I don't know, not going to let it get me down because it could be so much worse. Um, I also tell people like, you know, of all the senses to lose, I, if I had to choose, I guess it would be these two because I can still go on with my day and I can still eat. <laughs> it's just, it's just an enjoyment that's different now. Hmm. That's a really like positive way of putting it. Your enjoyment is different now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I just got to think about, just think about how um, 
the memory of food. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm hopeful that eventually it'll come back. I mean, I got the COVID shot because I saw there were signs that people were getting their taste and smell back. Unfortunately, that did not work for me. Um, but I do, I'm starting to actually now try to find some kind of doctor, but like, I feel like it has to be a specialist because someone specializing in this, cause it is so odd and weird and no one's ever really heard about it. It seems like so. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I really hope the next time we're chatting, it's because we're like, guess what? I can smell and taste and everything's perfect again. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I hope for one day, but we'll see. Now for the technicalities of this. Smell, taste. Remember this from your nose plugged while eating your veggies days? The two senses are linked. If your sense of smell is off or damaged, so is your sense of taste. It's called parosmia. The easiest way to explain it to patients is that taste is only about 10 to 20% of flavor. And most of us say something tastes good, but really what we're saying is the flavor of this is good. And about 80 to 90% of that is smell. When you lose your smell, all you get is sweet, salty, sour, bitter, which is on your tongue. And you don't get that true sense of flavor. Like you would bite into a pepperoni pizza and you can tell it's pepperoni because of the smell component. Here's how Dr. Jastin and Tisdelm an otolaryngologist at SSM Health St. Louis University Hospital, describes what he and other ENTs are seeing. We've always had patients that lose their sense of smell after they have a viral infection, like a cold or such. There probably is also a component of this particular virus hits the smell nerve more than other viruses do. And so we're seeing smell loss as a very common uh, symptom for this. And we're also seeing a lot of patients who that's their only symptom they're having. Dr. Antisdal says the nerve can take 12 to 18 months to recover. It could take less time or it could never recover. He actually says the bad smells and tastes, a common one is everything smelling like smoke, are actually a good sign that the nerve is healing. What was really interesting was smoke was the number one thing that when given a chance, people would like to train on to improve because they're so afraid of not being able to smell smoke as a safety issue. That's Dr. Jay Piccarillo, a professor of otolaryngology at Washington University School of Medicine. He's part of two studies right now related to COVID and smell loss. One involves an asthma medication, but another involves smell training. Think of it like working out your smell muscle. He's connected with 400 patients from around the country, asking them to spend time every day smelling, really focusing in, taking deep breaths of strong scents of essential oils like eucalyptus and lemon, or even smells they want to be able to smell again most, like fresh coffee grounds or even smoke. The hope is that'll retrain the nose to start smelling again. Patients could start smelling and tasting again. The loss of smell can be a real issue for these people. And, and what we hear is, I never realized how important it was until I lost it. Leah knows exactly what he means. She's tried a bit of smell training here and there, but she says it's hard to really focus on. It takes a lot of time, and it can be frustrating to keep waiting for results. But she's thankful for all the people doing the work to sniff out some answers. I mean, I remember thinking, lose your taste and smell. Like, you can lose that when you have a stuffy nose, like blah, blah. And um, you just really don't understand until it's really gone. It's a very interesting thing, and hopefully that doctors can figure out what is what causes it, because I know people... Um, that have also lost their taste of smell, but they've regained it. Um, so, like, why is my case different than someone else's? So, like, hopeful that, you know, there will be some more answers to this. 
it's important to note if you're experiencing any smell or taste loss, don't just assume it's COVID, especially if you haven't tested positive. Definitely talk to a doctor to make sure it's not something else going on that could be impacting you. Producer Dory joining me once again virtually. You obviously got us connected with Leah for this story. It's been something you'd been thinking about for a while, I know, doing because it's just so crazy. It's one of those elements of this whole pandemic and this whole virus that I never really fully, I still don't fully understand, obviously, but Leah really painted a clearer picture of it for me. I think she makes you think about it in ways that you didn't really before, at least for me. Um, And then especially hearing the conversation that you had, and we've had our own conversations too, she's totally flipped my thinking on a lot of it. So one thing I thought was like, oh, if I did lose taste and smell, I think a lot of people would assume well, then I would just eat broccoli all the time. I'd, I'd be so fit. I'd lose weight. But one thing that she told me was that she's actually gained a little bit. She lost some weight initially, then gained a little bit because she was kind of chasing those taste buds. She never felt satisfied, which, I mean, we have whole sayings like satisfying your sweet tooth. Like she can't quite get that. So then she goes for more and just can't quite get there. So that's, it, it's a frustrating thing to even imagine. Thanks for uh, tuning in, by the way, everybody, to something kind of different we did with that one. But I think it is it is relevant. It's part of the uh, conversation we're having right now as it relates to eating. The other thing everybody's talking about still is the gymnastics trials here in St. Louis. It was fantastic to see some of the best athletes in the world competing. I've heard people who know the sport say that the U.S. trials to get to the Olympics can be even a tougher competition than once you get to the Olympics themselves, because that's just how good, especially on the women's side, Mm -hmm. how good our athletes here are. And one of the top news stories you have in our rundown for us, Dory, allows us to keep talking about USA Gymnastics here in St. Louis. I I just love this story and I know the rest of St. Louis smiled along with me Simone Biles she loves emos like does it get much better okay so emos <laughs> over the weekend tweeted a picture of her a picture of her chowing down on the square beyond compare now this was the day before her finale at the gymnastics trials so I just want to point out that when she went and rocked it Sunday night she was fueled with a little bit of emos pizza in her belly uh, and then on Tuesday she tweeted a follow-up that said, back in Houston and already missing emo. So it wasn't just a one-time thing. She was thinking about it back down in Texas. Now, here's the question that I have. If the queen of gymnastics loves <laughs> our St. Louis-style pizza and Provel cheese so much, how can you argue with that? Come on, people. The answer is you cannot. You legally, (laughs) I'm pretty sure legally, morally, and ethically, you are no longer allowed to argue against St. Louis style pizza. (laughs) Hey, great point about the fuel. Do you think that we need to talk to somebody about getting emos delivered to Tokyo? I was talking to my boss about that already. I'm like, hey, we need to get some money together or I don't know, Alicia, like, can we can we get send her some some pizza to Tokyo, at least down to Texas? We can do that, right? 
Oh yeah, that's that's got to happen. I love that. That's so great. And I mean, you think about this, and when the Olympians talk about it, it becomes a thing. I mean, remember when we're ta- all talking about like Michael Phelps' diet and what he all is. Mm-hmm. If we can talk about Simone Biles and Emo's pizza, this could be the next big thing outside of St. Louis too. But um, yeah, take that, Jimmy Kimmel. I love that she <laughs> loves it so much. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> So a lot of other, you know, maybe you're not going to Tokyo, but if you are interested in some global foods and provisions, the global foods market is always a good stop here in the St. Louis area down in Kirkwood. Uh, Another good reason, though, Dory, to head there during the week. So they're starting a new series of uh, food truck pop-ups happening on uh, various Wednesdays coming up this summer featuring international food trucks. The first one was this past weekend they had Buzz's Hawaiian Grill out there on the parking lot. Next up is going to be Balkan Treat Box on July 14th. So check Global Food Market's social media. I'm sure they'll be posting updates on that so you can check out when the next event is happening. And it is on their parking lot out there in Kirkwood. Man, you never hear about grocery stores making it easy to not shop hungry, but there you go. It's a good idea there. <laughs> And we love ourselves a summertime pop-up in St. Louis. And there's another one that is going to be making its way into the Botanical Heights neighborhood that sounds sweet and looks like it's going to look pretty sweet, too. Yeah, if you've been over by Indo or Oleo, you've probably seen that Airstream parked out there. I've seen that passing by in the neighborhood. I'm like, what is going on with that? Well, now we know. There is a new ice cream sandwich pop-up happening inside there. It's called Sugar Witch. It's inside that vintage Airstream. Um, it is a queer-owned and operated business where the owners, they started this when they were in grad school at Mizzou, had it really up and going out there, but then work brought them here to St. Louis. That's Columbia's loss and our gain for sure because these ice cream sandwiches look awesome. They are small batch frozen treats using locally sourced and sustainably produced ingredients They are opening this Saturday, um, and they're only going to be open Saturdays. It's a pop-up. I think their hours are like noon to six or something like that. But isn't that the time you want ice cream the most? Ice cream sandwiches for breakfast, man. I love it. Heck yeah. That is awesome. So we do have a closure to report um, as well. We, we're, we've we been on a pretty good streak where we haven't had to tell you about too many of these, but we do have one in today's Rundown Door. Yeah, and this one was our top story on our website for about two days. So a lot of interest in this. Jay Greens and Warson Woods closed over the weekend after 10 years in business. The owners said that they had poured their hearts and souls into the pub and that their efforts were returned many, many times over. They didn't really give a reason for why they closed, but um, I was actually over in that area Saturday on their last day, and the parking lot was packed. So people definitely got in there and and got their final orders put in and gave them a good goodbye. Hopefully that means that it is a decision they made and can be at peace with and now enjoy um, whatever comes next for them. So Mm -hmm. sometimes that happens. Sometimes, though, you also talk about expansions. And this is one that I know two little boys and two little girls, actually (laughs) one little girl, one will just be ticked off and sit in my lap the entire time, but could be pretty (laughs) excited about. Yeah, Dogtown is going to the dogs with a new pup-friendly bar and restaurant. It's Doghouse and Hogtown Smokehouse. They are teaming up to create this new 
Bar Smokehouse Dog Fusion Park. Like, does it get much better? Those are like three of my favorite <laughs> things. Um, so it'll be a fenced-in dog park with AstroTurf for the dogs and then a fully shaded patio bar for the humans. They're expecting to open this early next year. They're still ironing out a lot of the details, but they're hoping to have a yearly membership for about $75, which will let your dog in uh, into that little dog park bar. So if you want a sneak peek of what this is like, there's actually already another dog house location. That one is in Soulard, so you can go check them out and see what they're all about. Poor dogs are going to have to be sniffing the air that smells like a smokehouse, and they're just going to be like, give me some of that. <laughs> I bet you they're going to have some kind of dog-friendly options there. Ah, uh, for sure, yes. Mm. Hey, Dora, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? So I went to, um, Jason and I went out to brunch with a couple friends, and we went to Le Bon Boucher. So I had never actually been there. I've only had treats from them brought to me or parties that I've been at. Um, we got brunch. It was really good. Um, I think I had the frittata, which was pretty good. But the quiche got really big rave reviews from my friends. The If you go there, even if you go in to eat, you can't leave without going to the bakery part mm-hmm. where you peruse their, gosh, so many different cases of cakes and treats. We ended up only leaving with, well, we left with a lot of stuff, but <laughs> we left with two slices of cake. Um, we got a hazelnut one to have that kind of chocolatiness. And then we also got a raspberry almond slice cake, which reminded me a lot of the princess cake, just kind of like a a simplified version of a princess cake. It was really good, too. So definitely recommend you got to get chocolate and something kind of fruity. That's always our go to when we get cakes like that, especially in the summertime. The raspberry sounds fantastic. It was really good. So mine is also breakfast related. I stopped by Rise Coffee House in the Grove. Uh, always a great spot for breakfast tacos, breakfast sandwiches. But I saw a little hand scribbled sign that said, now serving ube lattes. So I had to get one. I just had to. Um, it has a like more of a tea concentrate than espresso. So it's not exactly a going to like snap you awake type of drink, but it was so tasty and so sweet. So I, in case you're unfamiliar with ube, um, it's gotten really trendy in the last couple of years. It's a, it's basically like a sweet potato emphasis on the sweet and it's bright purple. So you're seeing it more and more in baked goods and ice creams. It's Filipino. It's, uh, I want to say that it's like native to the Philippines. So I grew up eating a lot of ube ice cream. Um, you, you know, scoop it out and it's this bright, like neon purple scoops of ice cream. And it's sweet and has kind of a nutty flavor. Like it's nutty vanilla-y is the best way I would describe it. Um, so not at all, when I say sweet potato, um, only because that's kind of what it looks like. It's just instead of orange, it's purple. Um, and it's not like a lot of those other root vegetables that you get in like different chip bags and stuff like that. It's definitely on the sweeter side and you'll see it more often mixed and sweet, you know, more uh, sweet like dessert type things. But they had a nice little ube latte and it was just such a nice little treat and it made me happy. And I it, it brought my day up because I got to try something a little different on that morning. And it was it was nice. I'd recommend it. That sounds good. A nice little unexpected surprise too when you go get coffee. For sure. So, okay. This weekend, it is the 4th of July weekends already, my people. It crazy. is crazy. 
I know the summer is flying by. So we have a rundown that's loaded up with fireworks displays we want to run through real quick and let you all know about. Um, and just keep in mind the most important thing about this Am You're I calling, calling you right me? Now? Oh, sorry, I'm fucking <laughs> dialing you right. Tori, one day we're going to be back in the booth together and we won't have to worry about me pocket dialing you in the middle of a recording. Did you see me we're giving you me, weird you're looks? You're making this face. I'm like, what am I saying? Is it not the 4th of July this weekend? What's going on? <laughs> anyway, as I was oh. saying, leave the fireworks up to the professionals, okay? So I know it's super fun and tempting to want to go buy swirly, whiz-bang, explodey, loud, poppy things and light it up in your own front yard. Just don't do that. The big fireworks displays are back. It is super dangerous to light them off in your own. And so we have, there's too many good options anyway to have to do it for yourself. So we're going to run through some of those for you. Yeah, I'd say probably the biggest one is going to be downtown this week, this weekend. Um, Fair St. Louis coming back in a way. So the parade is going to be Saturday at 10 a.m. That goes down Market Street. The actual fair part itself down on the Arch Fairgrounds, not happening this year. That's going to be pushed off to next year. But the fireworks display is back one night only on Sunday. That's going to start at about 940. And Fair St. Louis organizers said that this is going to be the largest show they've ever produced. So that could be a good one to check out this weekend. Fantastic. It's always good. But if they're bringing all of it into one big show, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so heading to St. Louis County now, Kirkwood, they're having their Freedom Festival and fireworks show once again. This will be at Kirkwood Park on the 4th. They'll have food trucks parked near the Racket Sports Center building. Music starts at 7. Fireworks will start at dusk. Then in South County, you have JB Blast once again at Jefferson Barracks. That starts Friday with a concert from 7 to 9 at the Veterans Memorial Amphitheater. They'll have fireworks after that. It's free event. They will have food available for purchase there as well. And then out in St. Charles County, we've got a couple more events. Wentzville bringing back the Liberty Fest. The parade kicks off in the afternoon about 1 o'clock at the Ice Arena, followed by some free activities in Progress Park Pool. Then they'll have live music from that 80s band. And then finally, the fireworks at 9 o'clock. And over in O'Fallon, the Heritage and Freedom Fest is back this year. They've got a whole weekend full of events that you can go check out. But the fireworks are going to be Saturday and Sunday night. In the Metro East, on the other side of a viewing area, we have a whole bunch of displays to tell you about through July 5th, actually. So Friday in Carlinville at the McCoupin County Fairgrounds and in Grafton at Lighthouse Park, there'll be fireworks displays. Both are free. Saturday, Alton will have their fireworks spectacular, plus live music from an Air National Guard band. That's pretty Americana. Food and drinks, then fireworks at the Liberty Bank Alton Amphitheater after that. Also Saturday, they'll have events in Edwardsville starting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with live music from a U.S. Air Force band. Wow, Metro East is the most, mm -hmm. they're, they're USAing it up with fireworks later that night. And in, also Saturday, Greenfield's having fireworks at the lake with live music, food, and drinks. On the 4th, which is Sunday, the Jerseyville display at the Jersey County Fairgrounds. They'll have the City of Troy hosting annual fireworks show at the Tri Township Park. Godfrey's fireworks will be at the Robert Glazebook Community Park. Litchfield will have live music and fireworks show over Lake Lou Yeager starting at after nine o'clock. That one should look really pretty. Mm -hmm. And then Monday, in case you're like, mm, I'm not ready for the fireworks to be over yet. Granite City is having their fireworks at Coolidge Middle School uh, for free on Monday night. 
And then in O'Fallon, Illinois, there's going to be fireworks uh, Saturday at dusk near O'Fallon Family Sports Park. The organizers wanted to make it clear that parking is very limited inside the park, but you can park your car outside and still walk in if you need to do that. Now, we ran through, I don't know, probably about a dozen or so different events there. In record time. In record time, (laughs) yes. Um, But we have all of these uh, events plus more details on ksdk.com right on our homepage. You'll see um, a full list of all these displays. And shout out to my coworker, Kayla, who worked really hard to get all of that put together and compiling that list is pretty good. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Happy Eat St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Special thanks not only to Kayla Wheeler, but also to our colleague Tracy Henson for some of her reporting on this story. Please be sure to leave a rating and a review on the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed as well. We want to make sure you don't miss a beat. We're working on some really exciting episodes coming up here. Uh, I don't want to spill too many details, but you're going to want to make sure you're subscribed because the next episode, you want the moment it drops. We want to hear from you on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Let us know how you celebrate the 4th. Whatever you do, please be safe, have fun, and seize the plate.